Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista is not only a close student of politics, but he's a very fast man with a prediction. (laughs) As far back as 1920, he gave his friends a hot tip on the presidential race when he said as follows. Harding for president? Ah, he hasn't got a chance. (laughs) Well, Mr. Harding came and went. Mr. Coolidge came and went. Mr. Hoover came and went. And Mr. Roosevelt came and stayed. And in 1937, Mr. McGee had this to say. President Roosevelt? Nah, he don't want a second term. In 1941, he said... President Roosevelt? Nah, he don't want no third term. And in 1945, he said... President Roosevelt? I'm not talking. But he's talking now, and he's talking politics, as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. This is it, Molly. This is it. It's happened at last. I got it this morning. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, what is it? What have you got? Are you sick? No, no. I got a telegram, kiddo. I'm in politics. Oh, no. I think I'm going to be sick now. No, no. Let me read this to you. It come while you were downtown. Says, Mr. Fibber McGee, 79 Wistful Vista. You have been recommended to handle my 1952 campaign. We'll contact you 3 p.m. today. Signed, Senator Celesco. This is it. One question. Shoot. Who is Senator Celesco? You never heard of Senator Celesco, that great and fearless friend of the people? Never. Me neither. (laughs) It's a difference. Nobody ever knows the names of them state senators anyhow. (laughs) But they will. With me running Celesco's campaign for him, I'll spread him around like fire on a hot roof. You really think you can help him, huh? Help him? Ha! I'll re-elect him senator just like that. Then governor. Then president. I might even go a step further and put him in the steel business. Well, you certainly make everything sound mighty simple. Well, the minute that telegram come, my brain started clicking out ideas. I'm going to organize a big rally for tomorrow night. Line up the city hall crowd. Call Kramer's Drugstore and order cigars. Cigars? Yep. Going to get a few boxes of alfalfa coronas for passing out. (laughs) You certainly picked the right cigars. Anybody who smokes those things is sure to pass out. (laughs) No, I meant I'm going to hand them out to the voters, you see, and get them in line. Come in. Well, good morning, Dr. Gamble. Good morning, my dear. And a slight tilt of the head to you, faded face. (laughs) Hi, stumble stomach. For once, I'm glad to see you, boy. I got a proposition to make to all the big men in Whistle Vista, and you're about the biggest. Thank you. In fact, you looked like you went to the races, came home in a barrel, and then put some clothes on over it. Now, McGee, that's no way to talk to the good doctor. Oh, it's all right, my dear. I take no offense at remarks made by a little shrimp who weighs several pounds less than my left leg. What's the proposition, Tiny? I've been asked to handle his 1952 campaign by Senator Celesco. I don't believe I know that name. You don't know anybody's name. Or anybody's face, either. You spend so much time looking inside people that their outsides don't mean a thing. (laughs) 
You'd be surprised how much more interesting people are that way. <laughs> I've seen you pass your best friends on the street and not even see them. But if an appendix went by, you'd tip your hat. <laughs> well, an appendix has never owed me money. <laughs> but some of my best friends, such as you, have owed me... That ain't money. important. <laughs> the important thing is I'm going to get Celesco re-elected. Oh, huh? stop it. Re-elected in a pig's left eardrum. What? Well, you couldn't get Marilyn Monroe elected mascot by the Marine Corps. <laughs> oh, is that so, you big flabbermouth? Yeah. Now, Doctor, I seem to remember that McGee handled Mort Toops' campaign last year when Mort ran for secretary of the Elks Club, didn't he? He did indeed, Molly. You betcha. I was there when the election ended and Mort tried to beat him to death with a pool cue. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. And he would have, too. If some hothead with more muscles and brains hadn't stepped in and stopped it. Who, Doctor? Me. <laughs> Fool that I was. Seems to me I've always been stepping between McGee and somebody with an upraised pool cue. No more toops don't scare me, Doc. Come on, Patso. Come on, go out and get some boats lined up for me, will you? And get back here by 3 o'clock. I want you to meet the senator personal. I'll be here. And I'll bring along an instrument to measure his skull. Measure his skull? Yes, any man who wants you for a campaign manager should have his head examined. (laughs) (laughs) Fat lot he knows about politics. Probably thinks the Secretary of the Interior does operations. Well, I better get busy here. Where's my typewriter? Typewriter? Sure, my typewriter. Where's my typewriter? Oh, I know where that baby is. Right here in the hall closet. Oh, no, McGee, don't open that closet. got a typewriter. There's nothing like a good old waltz. Well, let me see now. I got the banners ordered. More Toops is looking for a place to hold the rally tomorrow night. Oh, I know what I want to do next. Order some buttons. Buttons? Yep, I want to get a price on 10,000 red, white, and blue buttons that say, let's go with Celesco. And one medium brown button that don't say anything. For. The top of my vest. <laughs> I popped it off just thinking about what a big man I'll be when hand me the phone. Here, the operator. Give me the Atterbury Company. George, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Myrtle? Says, eh? What's say, Mert? Your cousin Frank had an argument with his wife at bedtime, went downstairs and blew his head off. Oh, how dreadful. What caused the argument? A glass of beer. <laughs> He took it upstairs, got into bed, and started to blow the head off it. His wife said it might get on the blanket, so he went downstairs and blew his head off. Okay, the line's busy, Mert? Okay, I'll call later. I'll get Atterbury later. Right now, I better get... Come in. Good morning, Mrs. This to you, McGee. Good morning, Ollie. Oh, hi, Ollie. Say, you can help me out, boy. I'm in politics now. I'm running the campaign for Senator Celesco. 
And you can line up the votes for me at the Elks Club. <laughs> Not me, McGee. Huh? Me and my missus get mixed up with politics once, and since then I leave them alone. Oh, what happened to you and your wife, Ollie? Well, in the mail we get two letters with pictures of two fellers. Yeah. One says vote for Smith, and the other says vote for Jones. Mm -hmm. Well, I like Smith because he has a nice fair head like my Uncle Oscar. <laughs> but the missus, she likes Jones because he got curly hair and a dimple. <laughs> as good a reason as any. So she tries to change my mind, and I try to change hers. I see. Jones is the farmer's friend, she says. But we ain't farmers, I say. No, she says, but it's good for a farmer to have a friend. <laughs> On the farm, it gets very lonesome. Yeah. Now, there's a fine hunk of logic. Smith is as honest as the day is long, I say. Yeah? Maybe, she says, but who watches him at night? <laughs> a bad argument. Oh, it's got to be very unhandy, missus. Before politics, when we go to bed, I'd say, good night, sweetheart. And she'd say, good night, sweetheart, and leave it kiss. After politics, I say, Smith, she says, Jones, and we yank out the light. <laughs> well, how did it all work out, Ollie? Well, finally comes election day, and we vote. I say, if Smith don't win, you can give me a swift kick. And the missus say, if Jones don't win, you can give me one. Well, who won? A fellow named Joe Hibbert. <laughs> so, me and the missus, we kick each other and live happy ever after so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much for him. When I get Celesco elected again, Ollie will be sorry he didn't get on the bandwagon. I remember Uncle Dennis went on the bandwagon one time, yeah. but he fell off New Year's Eve. And... No, no. Oh, no, no, that was just the wagon, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but just think what I'm going to do with that guy, Molly. Senator, governor, and then the White House. And when I move Celesto in there, Tootsie, you and I move in with him. Ah, oh, won't that be cozy. <laughs> I'll say, you know what's the first thing I'll do after we're in the White House? What? Paint it blue. Blue. Always been my favorite color. It'll be just like that song we used to sing. Just Molly and me and Celesco makes three. We're happy in my blue white house. <laughs> Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. I got some news for you, boy. Would it surprise you if I turned out to be the boss of this country? Pal, it would surprise me if you turned out to be the boss of this house. Oh, you said something there. Oh, this is politics I'm talking about, Junior. I've just been made campaign manager for Senator Celesco. May we count on your vote? Well, I don't know. I like to be on the winning side, pal. I always vote for the strongest candidate. Well, how can you be sure which candidate is the strongest? Oh, that's easy. I merely find out which one was a pet milk baby. <laughs> uh, Plenty of pet milk babies hold public office today. Yeah. And you can always tell which ones they are, too. Sure you can. Just look around Washington, and if it wears a diaper, it's a baby. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, after they're grown up, they hold office, Molly. Oh. You know how to tell uh, which ones were raised on pets? No, how do you tell that? Well, look. Let's suppose that we're at a meeting of the Senate yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. Every single senator is there, all 96 of them. All at once? Oh, that'll be the day, all right. <laughs> all right, now, one senator is making a speech, and the others are listening. Yeah? Seven hours he's been speaking. Boy. But he shows no signs of tiring. He's got endurance. So he's the pet milk baby, huh? No, the other 95 are. 
Huh? It takes endurance to make a seven-hour speech, of course, but it takes more endurance to listen to one. Here, here. You realize that if it wasn't for pet, this country might not have any politicians at all? Well, how do you figure that, Mr. Wilcox? Well, Molly, many years ago, people were divided in their views about pet milk. They were? Yes, yes. <laughs> Some thought you should be conservative and buy it by the can. They did? Yes. Others thought you should... Others thought you should go further and buy it by the crate. Well, the argument went on and on and on and on. And finally, finally, the two groups became political parties. You don't mean... Yes, the Republicans and the Democrats. <laughs> Goodbye now. This side Wilcox is on, kiddo. I've been wondering that for years. Well, I can't worry about him. i got work to do. Brainwork. To be a success in politics, kiddo, you got to think fast. You can do it. Well, I always have. They still talk about the fast thinking I done in the courtroom the time I won the case of the vase back in Peoria. I never heard about that. I never told you about the platter of fudge and the pudgy judge and the stolen vase case in Peoria. <laughs> you never did. Well, sit down, baby, and I will. You see, Bud uh, Mudge was our local judge, and old pudgy Judge Mudge loved fudge. Well, who doesn't? I handled a case for a guy named Pace charged with stealing the vase from the Grace Vase Work. <laughs> when Grace waved the vase in the judge's face, you could see Pace's case was shaky. It looked bad, did it? Well, I could see Judge Mudge had some kind of grudge, but I judged the judge was just hungry. So in court, I trudged with a platter of fudge, went up to the judge, gave him a nudge, and I won me the case of Grace versus Pace just by bringing old Judge Mudge fudge. <laughs> In it because I like. <laughs> Hold it, Molly. Another voter, I think. Come in. Hello there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hi, Oldtimer. How are you going to vote for Senator this year? Same way I always do, Johnny. Yeah. Just walk in the booth, grab me a ballot, mark a big X onto it, take the $5, go to the next precinct. No! <laughs> he means who are you voting for, Mr. Yeah, I'm in politics this year, Oldtimer. Handling the campaign to keep Senator Telesco in office and off the streets. Because an out-of-work senator... Well, said... now, politics is a fascinating game, kid. Yeah? Used to be in it myself. Hmm? Matter of fact, I was elected judge at one time in the town of Buzzard Notch out west. Oh, that must have been quite an honor, Mr. Oldtimer, being a judge. What were your qualifications? Well, the judge had to sit behind a big wooden desk with a gavel in his hand. Yeah? Buzzard Notch was a hard-drinking town, and I was the only man who stayed sober enough to hit that desk with a gavel. <laughs> I should do it two times out of three. <laughs> Buzzard Notch must have been a pretty rugged town. Oh, it sure was, Johnny. Yeah. Sort of a shooting gallery with sidewalks. <laughs> he had plenty of tough hombres, but the toughest was Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. One day he was strolling down the street, and the Beasley boys snuck up and put 57 bullets in. And that was the end of Cactus Jack. Nope, the Beasley boys wasn't his social equal, so he just ignored them and went on strolling. <laughs> then a week later, he died of thirst. Died of thirst? Yep, on account of them 57 holes in him. When he took a drink, all the water leaked out. How long did 
did you work as judge there? Well, quite a spell, daughter. Then a stranger rode in town one day gunning for a bandit. Yeah? Said the bandit raided his gold mine and had it into town. Brought it my help. Could he describe the bandit all right? Not too good, daughter. Only saw him from a distance. Said he was wearing a hat with a silver band and riding a pinto pony. Well, did you ever catch the crook? Nope. After I talked to the stranger, I went home, put on my hat with a silver band, come out of my pinto pony, and hightailed it out of town. <laughs> so long, kid. <laughs> The King's Nut campaign is really shaping up, Molly. I want to write down a few ideas for Celesco's platform while they're fresh in my mind. Where's my automatic pencil? In your tweed vest. Well, where's my tweed vest? At the cleaners. Oh. Well, call the cleaners and tell them to write this down. <laughs> you tell it to me, dearie, and I'll jot it down with my eyebrow pencil. Okay, put this down. Senator Celesco on foreign policy. Foreign policy? Yep. Good. How does he stand on our foreign policy? Well, he's against them. He thinks we should cancel our foreign policies and buy our insurance here at home. Gee <laughs> <clears throat> whiz, don't you get it, Molly? That's an H.B. Kaltenborn type of pun based on... Staying funny, McGee. Ain't? That's odd. I fractured him with that gag when Coolidge was running. <laughs> Everybody laughed but him. And he... That ought to be Latrivia, Doc Gamble, because they're both... Come in. Oh, it's his honor, the mayor. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Good afternoon, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hi, Latrivia. I'm glad you could get here, boy. You're one of the lucky few that I, as campaign manager, have chose to meet our own beloved Senator Celesco. Aren't I the lucky one? <laughs> Wait till you hear the platform I got for Celesco. First thing I'm going to have him do is cut down government spending. Great. How's he going to do that, dearie? Very simple. Chop down taxes, that's all. If the government ain't got it, they can't spend it, can they? Oh, you dreamer, you. <laughs> you happy, foolish dreamer. Well, you hear the rest of the platform. You'll be glad to hop on the bandwagon, then. Oh, hop on the bandwagon, Say, uh, Mr. Mayor, what does that expression mean? All you politicians talk about hopping on the bandwagon. Can you explain it to me? Well, I think so, Molly. Look, let us say that I have a friend who has hated me for years. Yes? Now, this friend has planted so many knives in my back that I can't even button my overcoat. A close friend? Yes, yes. <laughs> this friend of mine is at the beach one day, and he sees me fall off the pier into 50 feet of water. Now, what does he do? He jumps in after you. Oh, no. No, not him. Oh? He sits down on the pier, slings mud at me, and throws brickbats at my head every time it shows above water. Oh, dear. I finally go down for the 14th time, but when I come up this time, I'm holding a large chest full of pirate gold that I found below. Oh, uh-huh. then what? Well, I'm almost drowned, but I drag the gold ashore and haul it up on the sand. And then, when I'm safely out of the water, my friend rushes over, throws his arms around me and says, Homer, old friend, let me help you carry that heavy gold up to my house, old pal. That is called hopping on the bandwagon. Well, that's very interesting. I've always wondered... Come in. Hello there, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. Hi, Walter. <laughs> I was out with my bird book and bird watching, Mrs. McGee, and guess what I saw on your front porch? A bird. <laughs> well, you'll hear a lot of those when the campaign speeches start, Mr. Wimple. Oh, this is a very rare bird, Mrs. McGee. A genuine eagle-beaked omelet bird. Fascinating. <laughs> An omelet bird? Where did it ever get a name like that, Mr. Wimple? From its nesting habits. Yeah? You see, the eagle-beaked omelet bird doesn't build a nest at all. 
It just hangs by its beak over the edge of a high cliff and lays its eggs on the box miles below. Oh? Nobody's ever seen an egg, just omelets, hence the name. Hello, oh, Doctor. Oh, hi, Doctor. I got back as soon as I could. Did I miss anything? Yes, you just missed hearing me tell about the rare eagle beak omelet bird, Doctor. You see the omelet bird... Pipe word... down, pipe down, Wallace. It's about time for the senator to get here. Well, personally, I've never heard of the man, McGee. Is there actually a senator, Celesco? What do you mean, is there actually? Why, here, look at this telegram that come this morning. Read it to them, dear. Yeah, let's hear it. Mr. Fibber McGee, 79 Wistful Vista. You have been recommended to handle my 1952 campaign. We'll contact you today at 3 p.m. Signed, Senator Sosko. Well, if it was anybody but you, McGee, I'd say that this oh, is... Oh, 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 this is him. Now, quiet, everybody. Come on to the door with me, Molly. My goodness, a real senator. This is exciting. Hello, are you, Mr. McGee? Well, that's me, all right. And this is my wife, Molly. Molly, this is the senator himself. How do you do, I'm sure. We got your wire, Senator, and I already started your campaign rolling. Good, good, good. But you don't need to call me Senator, Mr. McGee. Well, I don't know your first name. The telegram was just signed plain Senator Celesco, so I didn't know what... Senator... Celesco? Yeah. Oh, 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 the telegraph clerk must have run the words together. Let's see that wire, McGee. Spell it out. Well, it says there plain enough. Senator. S-A-L-E-S. Oh, sales. C-O. Company? The Senator Sales Company? Oh. Sure, we sell Senator Razorblades. Oh. Our 1952 <laughs> campaign. And I thought that Razorblades. Have you got a sharp one handy, bud? I'm going to cut my throat. Well, dearie, it's been another wonderful season, hasn't it? Yep, it's been weighed that way by a lot of wonderful people who've listened to us every Tuesday night. Thanks so much to all of you. It's time for us to leave you again for the summer. But we're leaving you in good hands. As an old friend of ours and an old favorite of yours is bringing you his truth or consequences. He's right here with us. Mr. Ralph Edwards. <laughs>